we're talking about finance and companies at a dinner party uh, setting can actually be quite a scary idea for many people. But Mrs. Moneypenny, a former investment banker who writes a weekend column for the FT, says this is exactly the kind of fear that most of us need to overcome. Our producer, Renita Malhotra-Hora, asked her why. The first is that... Getting on top of your personal finances is what really gives you freedom in your career. How do you know if you can afford to take a pay cut and go and retrain to, to do something else if you don't know what you're costing to live? You know, people should spend at least one hour a week on their own personal finances. That's a bare minimum. And you know, do you know what credit card interest rates you're paying on every credit card? Do you know what you're paying on your mortgage? Do you know what you could live on if you really had to? And if you know all of these things, if you're on top of them, it gives you real career freedom. Could you afford to take six months off and travel to another country? Could you afford to go back and train as a teacher? You know, if you can't get on top of your finances, you won't know the answers to those questions. So some of these things sound very basic, but the truth of the matter is, as you say, very few of us really have a handle on this. Why is that? Because money takes time. This is I've, I've learned this particularly in the UK in the last two years. I've been making a television program called Super Scrimpers, which is about how to live frugally in challenging economic times. I've made three series of it, and we're making another two series at the moment. And it has about two million viewers a week. So I work quite hard at researching this program. And what I've realized is that it is possible to do lots of things more cheaply, but it just takes time. And people don't put the time into their own personal finances. You know, everybody has 168 hours in their week. Okay, I do, you do. Everybody listening to this does. How you choose to spend that 168 hours, obviously some of it will be spent sleeping, but how you choose to spend it is up to you. And I think that that's a currency in every bit of the way that money is. And people should be allocating at least one of those 168 hours, and probably if you're older and have got lots of children and houses and things too, to doing your own personal finances every week. Now, Mrs. Moneypenny, I find increasingly that many, many people, women in particular, or just people in general, are sort of scared of the idea of money and investing. It's this dark world that I don't want to enter into. Is that because people just don't take the time, as you say, to understand money? Yes, and I think it's the last taboo money. You know, it's, it's even more so than sex. People are more willing, I find, to talk about their sex life than to talk about money. And particularly, I think women find it very difficult to do it. I mean, again, in the book, the second reason I give for financial literacy is that in your career, if you want to get ahead, it doesn't matter what route you're coming, whether you're coming through the human resources route or the marketing route, ultimately, nobody is going to entrust you with a business. And I don't just mean a for-profit business, but even a big charity or a performing arts centre, unless you understand the disciplines of money. And so every aspirant person, you know, certainly every ambitious woman, should learn the language of money, you should understand, you know, return on investment and return on capital employed. You should understand that if you, um, you know, if you put money in the bank, for instance, and it might get, I don't know, two percent on your money. If you buy bank shares, they might pay a five percent dividend. So surely, actually, instead of putting money in the bank, you should buy bank shares or buy bank debt. And then you have the whole issue of risk. Well, you know, what is the real risk of? you know, HSBC going bust. You know, if you don't think that HSBC is going to go bankrupt tomorrow, then you might be better off buying HSBC shares than depositing your money with HSBC because it probably could be a better return. If there was one or two things that you would advise they could do, go to book or uh, course or what is it that they should do to learn more? Um, well, the first thing is start with your own employer. 
data. So if you're working for a company that is ultimately owned by a public company, get its annual report out and read it. You know, the good thing is, if you work for, let's say, HSBC, then you already know something about that bank, you know a lot about it. So get its annual report out and read its annual report and you know learn how to do that. There's a very good company um, that's based in the UK but does courses out here called Finance Talking. And they uh, actually sh take people through annual reports and show them you know, how to interpret them and understand them. And I don't mean a, a sort of anal level of detail. I just mean you know, how much cash did this company generate last year? You know, did it make a real profit or just a technical accounting profit? That kind of thing. Just so that if you were sitting next to Stuart Gulliver at dinner, you could have a conversation with him about his bank's results at a sort of very top level end. And, you know, why did you choose to shut down or open up in this country or that country? That kind of conversation. You should be, you know, informed enough about major companies, I think. So, Mrs. Money Penny, there, a columnist at the Financial Times, and quintessentially British, it seems, but she does, as I mentioned at the outset, have a PhD from the University of Hong Kong.